The, the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day in the praise of God for our community here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and your material support, your written and emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry and service and leadership in our midst, and as the spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. We gather in the spirit and words of one who wrote, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, truth and love for all to, say, to see. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration we may think those things that are aright, and by your merciful guiding may do them through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God, amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also. Let us show one another signs of his peace. Please be seated. A lesson from the first book of Kings, chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there, for I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the, lo as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, 
The jar of meal will not be emptied, and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she, as well as he, as well as her household, ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Galatians, chapter 1, verses 11 to 24. For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin, for I did not receive it from a human source, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. You have heard, no doubt, of my earlier life in Judaism. I was violently persecuting the church of God and was trying to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many among my people of the same age, for I was far more zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might proclaim, um, proclaim him among the Gentiles, I did not confer with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were already apostles before me. But I went away at once to Arabia, and afterwards I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and stayed with him 15 days, but I did not see any other apostle except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown by, the sight to church, by sight to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard it said, the one who formerly was persecuting us is now proclaiming the faith he once tried to destroy and they glorified God because of me. The word of the Lord. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 146 with the antiphon. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Mm -hmm. 
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. Glory to you, O Lord. Soon afterwards, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. As he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. And with her was a large crowd from the town. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came forward and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, rise. The dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has looked favorably on his people. This word about him spread throughout Judea and all the surrounding country. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. We have gathered today in communion. Why, here in Marsh Chapel, we are together for a moment of conference and community and consanguinity, that is, for communion. This is a happy Sunday every year at Marsh Chapel. There's a little sweet air pause as many of our faculty, staff, students, administrators are out and about around the country, and we are together here. We are together for the Lord's Supper and later for a meal downstairs, a dish to pass, luncheon to which you're cordially invited. More so, each year we recognize on this Sunday the ministry of our lay leaders in our midst. This year, in a new way, we have described that work in a three-page narrative nominations and personnel report, if you will. And Katie Noe has made copies of that available for those who would like it here in the narthex or downstairs or through her later in the week. It shows what you are doing and offers opportunities for further service. Some of you may be interested in missions, and so we have an abolitionist chapel group led by the Reverend Victoria Gaskell. You may want to participate therein. Some of you may be interested in singing and music. You always have mission and you always have music and we have much music here. You may want to sing this summer or through the year with the Thurman Choir and you can speak to Dr. Jarrett and Mr. Blackwell. You may be interested in acts of hospitality and so those who are arranging each month our luncheon would be most grateful to you if you volunteered to help them with that, Cecilia Robinson and others. Notably, every Sunday our ushers greet you and seat you. They also take special care with those who are blind, who come to us to worship from rides and from the tea, and they could use your help as well. Mark Gray and others are available, and you could speak with them today. That is, whether it's Sandra Cole, our, our chapter 
secretary or all of these others, we have opportunities for you to engage, and we mention them gladly uh, on this Sunday every year. Especially in this month, we have weeks to be together as a community in communion. So this Sunday, the Lord's Supper and our luncheon. And next Sunday, for those who are interested, you may RSVP about these as you are so moved. We have a gathering to discuss summer reading and options there. The third Sunday of June, we have our annual Father's Day brunch. If you haven't thought about what you're going to do to mark that occasion, here you are. Like the gospel itself, grace itself, free to one and all, 9.45 to 10.45. Just sign up. We will be saying goodbye, singing farewell to two of our most stalwart members, Uria Koskinen and Alice DeKoenig, who are moving to Western Canada. We shall do so in that hour. And then finally, at the end of this month, we do a little, a mini vacation Bible school, sometimes known as vacation survival school for children with families and children, families with children, anywhere from baptisans all the way up to just before confirmation. We'd love to see you. We are here with you and we are here for you in communion and we celebrate that gladly with glad hearts every year upon this Sunday. We're grateful for your presence and for those who are listening from afar, for Elizabeth and Michael in Michigan, for Chris and Yuki in San Diego, for Ken and Anna in Tampa, for those listening around the globe, we welcome and we covet your prayers prior to the beginning of our service. You in the mind's eye could join us 15 minutes before 11 a.m. on the East Coast and sit in silence, as do many, in intercessory prayer right here. Ours in communion is a special community here at Marsh Chapel. We are also in communion broadly with the fellowship of faith through the ages. We read the lessons every Sunday. We don't always interpret every line of every lesson. And there's an argument to be made that we should only use the lessons that we directly interpret. We don't happen to agree with that here. We need the nourishment of hearing from 1 Kings and Elijah, by the way, who performs almost in the exact same words in just the next passage, not read, a healing like unto that in Luke 7. We hear the psalmist remind us of the connection between creator and redeemer, God who made the earth and the heavens, and God who tends to the oppressed and the poor and the needy, those at the dawn of life, those at the twilight of life, those at the, in the shadows of life, the least, the last, and the lost. God takes a preferential option for the poor, and we are reminded of the church's teaching in life in the psalm. You heard already two weeks ago the whole of the book of Galatians, but here do you note Paul says of his faith that it came not through human instruction, but by Revelation, Greek apocalypse, which he does not define. We have to understand its meaning listening to his other beautiful verses in Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. 
There is no Jew nor Greek. There is no slave nor free. There is no male or female. But all of you are one in Christ Jesus. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not be enslaved again. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Let us bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. He received by revelation across the country in our own related traditional denomination of United Methodism. We have been gathering for conferences. You graciously allowed Jan and me the chance to go back across the Berkshires and to travel again the Cherry Valley Turnpike and to follow the Erie Canal and to brush up on our flat, voweled, uh, nasal, Midwestern pronunciation so that we come back as personal as we can and to remember there the land of liberty of William Seward and of Robert Jackson and of Frederick Douglass and of Elizabeth Cady Standen and of Susan B. Anthony and of our own Auburn, New York, Harriet Tubman, soon to grace the $20 bill with her countenance and of the flow of liberty all the way to Emma Lazarus singing to you. You know her song, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the restless refuse of your teeming shore. Give these the loss, the tempest toss to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Then it won't surprise you fully that while the General Conference of Methodism and the General Superintendents of Methodism have not moved, have not acted to affirm the full humanity of gay people. Indeed, only one active general superintendent bishop in the Northeast so spoke and so signed this past month. While there has been silence, the silence of tombs, whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness, in the general church, along the banks of the Erie Canal, there the ministers in conference are considering now whether to move ahead apart from that other set of leaders in the church alongside the boards of ministry in Chicago and Washington and New York City and soon Boston, we trust, all those East Coast general superintendents having been utterly silent. The boards of ministry, the ministers themselves, are moving ahead to recommend and receive people for orders, present them with gifts, graces, and promise of usefulness apart from the silence of the others. There is across the church a spirit of truth looming and guiding, as Paul teaches in Galatians, and it's coming in a unexpected way from a different level across the church which we embrace in communion today. We are in communion with the church through the ages, though with a scornful wonder we see her sorrow pressed by schism rent asunder, by heresy distressed. Yet saints their watch are keeping, their cry goes up, how long? But soon the night of weeping will be the morn of song. We are also in communion 
tensive, sometimes conflicted with the culture around us. You know, culture is largely what we hear and what we say. Culture is largely what we say and what we hear. Culture is made up of our words. Your words outlast your deeds. And we covet a faith amenable to culture and a culture amenable to faith. What good is it to baptize and give belief and then to throw the baptizan back into the messiness of an untransformed culture? So we're culturally careful when we see and hear the antitheses of life, of breath, of speech, of right speech, of manhood, of leadership, of love of God and country. When we hear that antithesis of all that we covet, you know, this is now old history, but there was a presidential candidate who lampooned his competitors and defeated them with negative appellations. Awful they were. Why, he called one of his competitors low energy to that one's defeat. And then, just a few weeks ago, can you hear what befalls our culture, speech and listening? He tweeted out, ah, yes, low energy, so good. That was a one-day kill. Words are beautiful. Can you hear that? That is the antithesis of all for which we strive and long. We're going to have to learn some words again. Speaking of words, my nine-year-old granddaughter has grandpa time in the summer. That's the time when grandpa says, coffee break, and they ask, how long is coffee break? Is it over yet? Not quite. And I will need to take the Webster Dictionary I was given at high school graduation and look with her at some words we don't really know or use very much, but we're going to need them now, speaking of cultural reformation. We're going to need to know the meaning and use of words like demagogue, like narcissist, like xenophobe, like megalomaniac. Fortunately, we are not alone. We have before us in communion this day thanksgiving, remembrance, and presence and the very word of Christ to guide us and those among us who are so wonderful and adept at the use of language. Think of E.B. White. You knew him as a child, Charlotte's Web. You knew him as a student, Elements of Style. You knew him as you began to sense your own mortality. Have you sensed it in once more to the lake. When President Obama came to comfort us after the Boston Marathon tragedy, he used White's line, everyone in Boston to everyone's connected. When I am out of funds and sorts and life is full of snarls, I quit New York and travel east to Boston on the Charles. In Boston, life is smoother, far, it's easier, it's freer, and everyone's a Harvard man, and everyone's a skier. We'll amend that. And everyone's a BU grad, and everyone's a skier. There's something in the Boston scene so innocent, so tranquil. It keeps and holds my interest as well as any bank will. 
For Boston's not a capital, Boston's not a place. Rather, I feel that Boston is a sort of state of grace. No man grows old in Boston, no lady ever dies, no youth is ever wicked, no infant ever cries, no orthodox Bostonian is lonely or dejected. For everyone in Boston, to everyone's connected. For everyone in Boston, to everyone's connected. For Boston's not a capital, and Boston's not a place. Rather, I think that Boston is a perfect state of grace. You are called to this table, open to all, to be touched by grace, by the power of grace in Kings and Psalm and Galatians and especially Luke 7, raising us from death to life, raising you from the death of resentment to the life of forgiveness, from the death of grief to the life of promise, from the death of disappointment to the life of hope. You know, when somebody stuck it to you, not accidental, but really intentionally hurt you, and you've done what you need to do to resist and seek justice, something remains. Something hard, maybe humanly impossible, to forgive. But how much of that do you want to carry into the future? Here is a moment when grace will move you, can move you, from death to life. You have been grieving. Grieving is hard, long work. It takes years, months. Grieving, though, allows us to move from an unbearable weight to a portable one. Not necessarily to erase or heal, but to manage. This is the grace of God in remembrance and thanksgiving and presence to move you from death to life. You may have lost your dream. Our commencement speaker talked about wanting to be an actress and she went for months and years to Los Angeles and she did every audition, she waited on every table and she got no jobs for years until finally a friend said, you might want to try the business side of the house. And the rest is history, she ended up running CBS and she said to us, mark the word, it's gracious, sometimes you need to edit your dream. Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of your sin and are in love and charity with your neighbor and intend to lead a new life following the commands, commandments of God, draw near with faith, take this sacrament to your comfort. Amen.
please be seated. We welcome you once again here to the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbors so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. As we move toward communion in our service this morning, we note that there will be two stations. The chalice on the pulpit side will have wine and the chalice on the lectern side will have grape juice and we invite you to avail yourselves uh, of those according to your preference. Also, here on the pulpit side will be a healing prayer station. More information about that is available in your bulletin. We do look forward to seeing you after the service downstairs for our monthly potluck luncheon. We also note that next Sunday we look forward to welcoming uh, Voices of Aloha, a community chorus based in Honolulu, Hawaii, as our guest choir singing the service next Sunday. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate on Thomas Tompkins' setting, Arise, O Lord God, lift up thine hand. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
we give thee but thine own, whate'er the gift may be, all that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And when the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen. <laughs>